You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Your two co-hosts are here every week, Steve and Sam. How's it going over there, Sam? Doing well, Steve. Long weekend of umpiring youth baseball, but the Yankees went 6-1 and one in a homestand against two of the American League's best. Now 7-2 and two against the Rays after a three-game sweep. Took three of four from the Astros as well before losing the Sunday finale. And we're recording after our win right now. Although, it's a win. <laughs> it's a win. We came on, and I was a little bit down about it because we're probably looking at a bullpen day tomorrow and or today, excuse me, recorded for Tuesday. Probably looking at a bullpen day on Tuesday. And Steve, there's no reason a legitimate guy should have had to be used in a 10-2 game. But Jonathan Holder happened. But you know, the Yankees won their 50th game on Monday night, 50 and 28. After all of the injuries this team had early in the season, carrying into May, and now mostly everyone everyone is back and healthy, with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge returning since the last time we recorded. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, the 50 wins for the New York Yankees, and we are June 25th. They are the third team in baseball with 50 wins. They are currently um, third overall, with just behind the the Twins. And the Dodgers here, and you mentioned all those injuries. If the Yankees were fully healthy all season and every single person was doing great, I would be happy with 50 and 28. But here we are with pretty much every single person hitting the DL for at some point. 21 players have already been on the DL for the Yankees, and we're still in June, and they're still 50 and 28. So there's not much to be complaining about here for, for New York Yankees fans. And as you said this week, a lot of the talk, even when the Yankees had all these injuries, was, well, they're beating up on you know shitty teams here. They're 10-2 versus the Orioles, blah, blah, blah. Well, how about you go into Yankee Stadium and you smoke the Rays and you smoke the Astros after the Astros swept you earlier in the year? That was a big-time week for the Yankees, and it put the MLB on notice. Every team now has to be scared of the Yankees. And they know that there could be more pitching coming via trades that we've talked about the past few weeks here. But big-time bats. And, and they did that today. Like you said, it was a little disappointing the way that game ended with uh, good old Jonathan Holder, who hopefully is on a bus back to Scranton as we speak. But the bats did that. They were they were down 2 nothing heading into the fifth inning today. Heading into the seventh inning, it was 10-2. That's what this lineup can do. Oh, and, and Judge and Voight got the day off. Right? Or those, yeah. So they're not even... Judge and Encarnacion. Encarnacion, sorry. There's just too many of them out there. We haven't even seen the death lineup yet of just absolute mashers. Everyone's been getting days off still. So we're waiting for the death lineup. So the Yankees are... The power of the bats is back. And then also, they tied the record for 27 straight games with the home run here. The home run tracker is being updated left and right. And there's no, there's no end in sight for this. No end in sight. Um, let's get back to domination here of the Rays. You know, the Rays are, are freaking good. And then the one game I want to talk about is uh, Blake Snell won a, a, a Cy Young. Is that what I heard? Um, what what happened to him uh, last Wednesday? Yankees scoring six runs. He got, what, one out before he got taken out of the game here? Absolute beatdown by the Yankees versus the former Cy Young winner. 
Yeah, Steve, this was a matinee on Wednesday against the Rays looking to avoid a sweep with the 2018 American League Cy Young Award winner, as you said, on the mound. And he was just laboring through that first inning, absolutely laboring. And you look at what the Yankees lineup was doing that day. They were fouling off pitchers. They weren't chasing pitches out of the zone. Team was so disciplined at the plate. He threw 39 pitches. He got one out. He walked four batters, had six runs charged to his name. They were just wearing him down. And it was a beautiful sight to see. The Yankees just working counts, fouling off pitches. And that was a game, like you said, the Rays were looking to avoid a sweep. And boom, first inning, six runs. This Yankees lineup is going to be doing that to a lot of pitchers this summer, taking them out of the game in the first few innings. Let's just hope Jonathan Holder doesn't get the ball in garbage time again <laughs> and try to throw the damn game away. But going back to the dominance against the Rays, they are 7-2, and two, the Yankees are, against the Tampa Bay Rays. They sit five games ahead of the Rays in the standings. The Rays are second. In third place, the Boston Red Sox. The Yankees are eight games ahead of the Sox. They're creating separation, and you mentioned possibly adding a starting pitcher in the foreseeable future. The non-waiver deadline is in just over five weeks. And I wrote something today about the Yankees. Hey, it's time to go all in with this team. Yeah, it might suck to part with some prospects. It might suck to part with Frazier. I don't think they're going to trade Florial anywhere. But if need be, I, I kind of want to go all in with this team if I'm Brian Cashman because – you have Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Labor Torres still on the roster at such a minimal cost, haven't even hit their arbitration years. And how Steinbrenner is coming out and saying last week that the luxury tax won't impact the Yankees from adding another starting pitcher. Big, big change of pace for him. I'll believe it when I see it, as I said in my piece today, as will most fans. But – Really, and I don't want to talk this way, we have no clue how ownership will deal with Judge, Sanchez, and Torres. You know, you still have Miguel Andujar down there as well on the IL with the shoulder injury. You have no, we have no clue how the Steinbrenners will deal with this upcoming in a couple of years when they're, when they're up for big deals after their arbitration years. Maybe they get a deal done beforehand, but... The Yankees, as I said last week in my piece today that dropped on GothamSN.com, they acquired Edwin Encarnacion last week. That was an all-in type move. They sent a guy in Clint Frazier down to the minors who was batting 283 with 11 homers and over 30 runs batted in. They sent him down to the minors to bring a veteran presence in Encarnacion and in this lineup. And stuff is telling me that they're going all-in, but they have a sizable lead in the division right now. And like you said, I'm wondering not if, it's when they start making calls on a Boyd, a Baumgarner, or a Stroman. Yeah, and especially with the Blue Jays in town, you get to the, the Stroman talk gets there. He kind of even implied it today in the in the pregame. If you heard that, he was like, "Oh, I love the big lights. I love it here." Blah blah blah. Pretty much begging for the Yankees to trade with him. And we know the Yankees and Blue Jays have had uh, success with the trade markets. You know, especially with you know Hap last year, um, and then a couple other deals. Um, if you go back a little further, but it is all to come down to pitching. Um, Aaron Judge is back and he's healthy. He's their Yankees being cautious with him. Get him a couple days here. Get him back into the flow. But it's all coming down to pitching. 
Um, and then, you know, last night it was CC Sabathia. CC did not look good in that first inning. Struggled. You gave up two runs. One was kind of a, an unlucky uh, kind of infield hit there that, that cost them a run. But then it came and still pitched six innings, two runs. That's back-to-back wins for CC, who also got his 250th win in that Blake Snell game because he was on the other side and spotted a six-run lead and was able to, to hold that lead here. But it's kind of concerning when you look at the, the innings pitched here. Tanaka pitched really well also this week. He's at 98 innings. That's the most the Yankee has this year. Second to him is Jay Happ at 84 innings. And Happ struggled badly on, on Sunday here. So Happ is, you know, technically is our number three. But as these acquisitions hopefully come up and something happens here, Happ's going to be a four or five. And I don't think we'll be seeing Happ in like a playoff game. So I'm not too worried about him there. I just kind of need him to be an innings eater for, for what it's worth. Um, but guys like CC, you know, this is kind of where, he, you know, last year he had those, you know, four or five games where he was awesome in a row. And then he would struggle for four or five games and hit the DL and come back. Kind of seeing that now with CC. Came back from the DL and his past two starts have been a pretty, you know, CC esque. Yeah, and he's given the Yankees 18 outs in each of them, which is that's all we need. Huge. Yeah, and he's we've seen him in the last couple of years struggle to get through uh, five innings even, and to, to have him go six and back to back starts is pretty huge, I think. And then you talk about Jay Happ. I mean, seven and four, but ZRA is a five point two three. I mean, that is just not going to cut it. Strikeout to walk ratio. 3.47, I mean, not terrible. His whip is up there on the Yankee staff, a 1.28. You even mentioned about a playoff rotation. Right now, and I, I assume the Yankees are going to add a top-line starter. I don't see him in a playoff rotation right now. Heck, no, you can't. There might not even be a place for him on the playoff roster. But, again, that's a far time away. You go back a year ago, though, and he struggled in his starts leading up to the trade deadline. And he got to the Yankees in late July and pitched lights out in August and September. He only had one bad start, if I recall correctly, in the regular season. And then you fast forward to the playoffs, and obviously game one in Boston did not go as planned. But I'm not losing all hope on Hap right now. I still think... There's a corner he can turn late in the season. You know, he was struggling at this time last year. So, hey, maybe he can turn a corner, maybe not. But you look at Tanaka, Paxton, the CC with the knee still worries me. Luis Severino, I really think the Yankees are going to need him if they want to win a world championship. And he's just starting to play catch from 60 feet. Probably could be maybe seeing him in rehab games late July, early August, if all goes well. But, again, I'm holding my breath on Severino. And when the Severino injury happened, I thought the Yankees had enough starting pitching depth to cover for him. But with Happy and a major disappointment, you know, Paxton and CC missing time on the disabled list, I think the Yankees need Severino if they want to win a championship. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And then, you know, the, the one starter that we haven't mentioned here is Domingo Herman, who looks like he could be heading back to, to rehab and, and getting his uh, getting him back on track here. But we both have mentioned it, that he's definitely going to be on an innings count. And with some of the struggles we've seen here with Jonathan Holder this past few weeks here, Herman could be someone that maybe is beneficial in the bullpen if the Yankees add another starter here. Look, the, the, the five-man rotation that they got going now, 
even with Hap, it's still working. I mean, the Yankees are winning games here. And the, the opener has really kind of turned eyes the past few weeks here that that combination of Chad Green and um, Cortez Jr. has worked out well. Maybe this is the time the Yankees kind of stick with that formula. And if Herman comes back, you throw him in the bullpen, you know, replace Holder or whoever replaces Holder because Holder needs to be, hopefully by the time we're, we're done recording here, we'll find out he's not going he won't be on the roster anymore. But that, that could be another thing the Yankees have there with Herman is we know his stuff is electric. And we saw last year that it kind of got worse as the, as the innings went on. So maybe you have him in there for just one or two innings in the, out of a bullpen. You added another electric arm in the bullpen. And then you still focus on the rotation, even with the, this opener thing. Or even you have Green and Herman kind of flipping around with Cortez Jr. And the three of them work an opener type situation. Maybe that goes, you know, two times in the rotation here. Look, I wrote about Chad Green in the opener here. It's working. I don't want to, you know, get rid of that right away. I understand that you get nerves with the bullpen game and kind of wasting all these arms and all these appearances the guys have. But that's working better than a fifth starter is. That's working better than Jay Happ has been doing. So the opener, I think, is here for the Yankees for, you know, throughout the summer, at, unless they add two starters um, at, at the deadline. It's definitely working for the Yankees. I'm just worried about the appearances for some of these guys in the bullpen, some of the key guys. And, you know, we started the show tonight. Really, I, at least I mentioned the workload of some of these relievers. Or I'll, I'll mention them now. But, again, in a 10-2 game tonight, there, there's no reason that any legit guy should have been used. And, you know, going down the list, we'll start with Chapman, 32 appearances. Uh, Adovino, 35 appearances. That leads the big guns. He's actually tied with Tommy Canely, 35. Britain, 33. Green has made 24 appearances. They saved him tonight to open tomorrow, I bet. So if if you've got a big – if you get a big lead in these bullpen games, that's fine. But, I mean, you you pitch these guys tonight and then – they're coming right back out on Tuesday in a bullpen game. You just want to monitor these appearances. You don't, you don't want them to run out of gas. I mentioned in the last show, I believe. You look at a team like the Milwaukee Brewers last year who really just rode their bullpen to the playoffs, and you know they got to game seven, and you, know, you see Jeffress give up the three-run home run. I mean, he was pitching almost every game, it seemed like. Um, I, I like the opener. I get it. Uh, once every five days through the summer, it's definitely been working. It's definitely been better what Hap has been giving them. But maybe do do it. Try to aim for it. You know, once every ten days, maybe maybe a couple times a month. Because I'm concerned about what it's doing to the workload of these guys. Yeah, definitely something the Yankees going to have to monitor. Um, the other name that we haven't mentioned yet that we've kind of forgot about over the past year is uh, is Ben Heller. Ben Heller um, got Tommy John last April, another young arm that the Yankees had up in the majors. He uh, started in – sorry, we didn't start, but he pitched a game in single A uh, earlier this week. Uh, be something for him to monitor. The next take him – you know, it's been since April since he's pitched, another month or two, but another young arm that the Yankees could could use in the bullpen here. Um, and to manage these, those those appearances, as you mentioned here, if he can come in and get, you know, 15, 20 appearances, that can kind of take, you know, maybe two or three appearances from the big guys and save them for, for October. Because I wouldn't be surprised if we have an opener in a playoff game if needed because it's kind of worked out this well. And even when you mentioned Severino, if he comes back and he's not fully stretched out, depending on when he comes back, 
we might only use him for three or four innings in a playoff game and then go straight to the pen if needed there just to kind of build up his arm strength. So it'll be something to keep an eye on all the time. You know, the Yankees bats are score the runs and they get the wins. But as you said here, we, a lot of times we've seen throughout the years in Major League Baseball that, you know, come come playoff time, those are some tired arms here, and that's when we really need the arms to, to be healthy here. Back to the healthiness of it, it is good to see that Aaron Judge is back in the lineup. Last week we recorded news that he was coming back and was going to play his first game Tuesday, but he is finally back after missing several months with that oblique injury. Has come up to a slow start in his few games, but that's fine, expected. But having him back in the lineup has been awesome. And he's ready to lead off in his first game too. So that was good to see uh, you know, Boone messing around with the lineup there. Uh, but the outfield is is set now. And then you have Stanton playing left a few games here and there and, and flipping in with Gardner, keeping everybody healthy. But uh, then the downside of that is even when Judge came back, the Yankees kept Cameron Maben, which was great to see. Cameron Maben having a, a resurgent year at age 32 for the Yankees. But then right away, in typical Yankee fashion this year, Maven pops his calf. He's going to be out possibly up to six-plus weeks here. Sad to see Maven go. Just when the Yankees technically don't really need him anymore, guy was hitting the cover of the ball. He was hitting 368 in his last two weeks, and he's got you know four home runs for the Yankees, an absolute resurgence of a of a find by Cashman, and, and disappointing to see that he hit the, uh, the I.L. for a significant amount of time, it looks like. Yeah, really disappointing to see. I mean, this guy was just tearing the cover off the ball in the last two weeks. And I mentioned him last week, uh, you know, buried in the Indians minor league system, hitting 216, or he was with their AAA affiliate. And he comes to the Yankees and they say, hey, you know, I mean, the Yankees just needed a body out there that could play the outfield because they were at the point early in April or mid-April, excuse me, where they were playing Tyro Estrada in left field and Tyler Wade as yeah. well, seeing time in the outfield. They just needed a corpse out in the outfield who had experience out there. And, oh boy, did Maven give the Yankees that and even more. Six weeks plus with the, with this calf. I mean, Gary was two weeks with the calf, but Boone, would, he it was seemed saying, a little worse. Yeah, yeah, it seemed a, lot, a, a little worse. And the, the calves are always really, really confusing. I mean, they can flare up at any point during rehab, and it's definitely very, very concerning. But the Yankees, you know, like like with all injuries, they'll be able to get past this, and, and Maven really wasn't even going to start. Like you said, we haven't even seen the death line up yet, so he obviously wouldn't have been in there. But the Yankees, you know, Brett Gardner is – Thrust back into that fourth outfielder's role again. And Stanton, maybe they can avoid playing him in left a little more if they're, you know, rotating some of the guys. Like you said, we haven't seen the death line up yet. But it was really a shame to see him go down. He hasn't just brought offense and defense to the table, but his presence in the clubhouse. You hear all the people around the Yankees talk about it the beat reporters to, to Michael Kay to Jack Curry on the post game show. You hear that, that his clubhouse presence is so, so good. And imagine he'll be around the team, at least on the home stands when he's not rehabbing that calf, but really sad to see him go down. Yeah. And he right away said, he's like, my role is now to be, you know, the hype man of the team. He's, so I think he's staying with the team as far as it looks like until he has a rehab thing. So he'll be on that bench 
um, and really has taken, you know, this this full um, – he gave a lot of credit to the Yankees staff to help him with this swing since coming over. And like we said, he's, he's on base percentage is like 400. It's Cameron Maybe we're talking about here. This is, this is crazy. But it is uh, one of the things – I think Michael Kane told the story that when he was with the Astros – they had, you know, the young kids were looking to him for, you know, advice on some of the NL pitchers during interleague play. And they're like, we, ha- we haven't played this team. Like, why, is- why are they going to Maven for this? Maven hasn't hit this guy either. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, Maven just studies his ass off and just knows that, you know, just somehow already knew stuff about guys before the training staff even did or before, you know, the coaching staff did. So this guy is a team leader. So even if he's not in the games, it's going to be pretty crazy. And, you know, I think it's going to be a big help for, for the Yankees to just have him on the bench there for guys, you know, like like Glaber to talk to and and Judge, you know, judges, you know, the the leader that judges. But it, we'll see um, how it goes, and who knows if he comes back healthy, what his role on that team could be. Could this be a you know just hide him on the DL and have him be a cheerleader all year? Who really knows? Um, but but it's a bummer to see him go. But it is Judge back, and Judge is back offensively. We said started out slow, but defensively he's already made one of his Judge throws. The dude's got a freaking cannon out there in right field and is an absolute game changer on both sides uh, of, of the of the field there. And it just really does help the Yankees offensively and defensively. Even if he's not hitting as well, he seems like right off the bat he was making an impact with the glove, and that was good to see. And uh, the Yankees just in general this week have done pretty well with the glove. Defensive highlights, especially in the outfield, were, were all up this week. And, you know, Stanton made a couple nice leaping plays in left field. Aaron Hicks made a nice sliding catch over the weekend. And then today, Aaron Hicks tracked the ball to deep center in the first inning. That proved to be a, a big help for CC. So the uh, the death lineup is there, but now also kind of like the death outfielders could be there too. Because um, all three of these guys, Stanton doesn't get enough credit for his defense and Judge's defense is up there with some of the best in baseball. It absolutely is. And the outfield of Gardner and left, Hicks and center and Judge and right is one of the best, if not maybe the best defensive outfield in all of baseball. And at 6'7", with Judge in right field, I mean, the athlete he is at that size is just remarkable. Giancarlo Stanton as well. And like you said, we may not have seen the death lineup yet, but the outfield defense is definitely something I really, really like as a fan. And with these four guys rotating out there, it's definitely going to be fun to watch. And you go back to that throw on Saturday, nailing a runner at second. He just does it so nonchalantly, too. It, that it is does. Best, that is the best part about these throws. He just goes into the corner. He scoops up that ball. You know, he extends his arms, and his wingspan is just ridiculous. And then he just – Chucks the ball. Goes, it's slow motion. Oh. You're like, there's no way. He's just throwing it to the cutoff, man. He's not actually going for him. And then you're like, oh, we beat him easily. <laughs> I mean, he just chucks the ball. And, and when his wingspan goes out, it's just so, so remarkable to see. Uh, I mean, just he's just an enormous human. And the outfield, and how quick he gets to the ball and how he fires it in the second, third, or home is just so, so awesome to see. The outfield defense is definitely a strong point of this Yankees team. The infield defense, you know, last year it was a big talking point. Andujar and Torres having some issues and Voight this year about being rocky at first, but the outfield defense is among the best there is in baseball. And, you know, that judge arm, it's... You forget about it. Why people continue to test it is... Just absurd 
Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the outfield assist too is one of my favorite plays in baseball. Personally, uh, I grew up watching Ichiro, and when he wasn't climbing the wall in right field to rob a homer, that throw to third base, how he get it on the money every single time, and Ichiro continued playing, and it was mid forties, and that arm was still there. So. The outfield assist, one of my favorite plays in baseball. Well, when that runner is running the second, um, you know running it's his tail off, and the throw comes in, it's so, so entertaining. And Judge gives us that almost on a weekly basis. It seems like once a week he's nailing somebody at second, third, or home. And it's not just the, the the power and like the you said like the slow motion kind of form that he has too. It's the accuracy. Like these throws are dead on. They are hitting Didi as he is looking to put the tag down. It's kind of crazy how like the the timing they have great too of just getting that accurate throw low enough where Didi doesn't have to stretch for it. Or you know we know how good Torres is with his tags too. So it's the accuracy that, that that's kind of most impressive is for for how he does that because he's just so calm and collective, which he is kind of at the plate too. It's very similar at the plate, smooth collective like almost slow swing and then also on the ball 600 yard 600 feet in the outfield so he does it with the same thing with his arm too it kind of for a guy that size it's, it's not you know it's not surprising that he has this kind of power from a, a defensive standpoint but even so even when you're expecting it you're still kind of caught off guard by it which is kind of uh, weird to say but it, it's it's fun to watch and we'll see more of it uh as the year goes on with, with uh, a healthy judge so i do want to see if i know you were we were both you were working a little this and i Tonight, but if you saw this morning, uh, WFAN's uh, Carlin said that he would trade Aaron Judge straight up for Max Scherzer, and I know this was for clicks. I know this is what New York sports radio has become, and we can't, we shouldn't take it serious. But it got, it got the Twitter world rumbling here, and it's just unbelievable that there are people. There were some people that were like, "Eh, kind of makes sense. Like Yankees should do it." Can you even fathom the idea of trading Aaron Judge for Max Scherzer? Like I don't even know how to like put into words like what how dumb this would be. Um, I understand how good Max is. The guy's a Hall of Famer, Cy Young Award winner, multiple Cy Young Award winner is exactly what the Yankees need. But you are just you're an idiot if you're considering that you want to give up Aaron Judge for for Scherzer here for so many levels. And you mentioned people that um, said this would be a good trade for the Yankees. Even and I don't want bash other Gotham personalities. But no, they, they were Connor fucking with us. Sheeran. They were fucking with us. <laughs> I saw Connor Sheeran tweet today, uh, our, our Jets guy at Gotham, that he, he tweeted that, you know, ladder thing with the eyes at the bottom, and he said this would be a good trade. And, uh, you know, guys like Jesse and Brian Lloyd were, were liking the tweet. And I, and I said, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, are you fucking serious right here? <laughs> I mean – the hell on Aaron Judge is 26 Scherzer's 34 and with the most troubling thing about this to me or I'm gonna put that to the side for a sec what Aaron Judge plays every single day Scherzer plays once every five day and that's no disrespect to anything but what I'm gonna say right now the most troubling thing about what Chris Carlin said about this was he said that this guarantees? Oh yeah, not just one championship, <laughs> but two. How can anybody say that about a baseball team? It would guarantee the Yankees two championships. I mean, that's just absurd. Absurd. 
I mean, there's, there's so much to go into besides the, the money aspect of it, of what Judge is going to be making for the next, you know, five to seven years compared to what, what Scherzer is and the deferred money that he's got coming from the Nationals. Just, just from a PR standpoint, on both sides, the Yankees cannot trade the face of baseball for a, a 34-year-old pitcher. I don't care what the difference is. I get, you know, these type of trades never happen really, especially in baseball anymore, you know, a star player for a star player. But, you know, a, a in their prime player versus – all right, I'll give Scherzer. Scherzer's prime is much bigger than other people's prime. I'm going to say he's in his prime pitcher. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And to the point where if the Nats do put him on the market, they're going to – they can – Yankees put together a better package than just Aaron Judge straight up. Like that's not the type of deal that the Nationals will be looking for. They're if they decide to trade Scherzer, they're in rebuilding mode. That means they're probably going to trade Rendon for you know as a deadline piece here. They're going to focus around Juan Soto, Victor Robles, and and Trey Turner. They're not going to want a one for one deal for a guy in Aaron Judge who's going to leave in three years in free agency. They already had to deal with the free agency of, of Bryce Harper, and that was a guy that you know lived and died in D.C. So this is like you know. But they, they should be going for it. If Scherzer ever comes on the market, which I don't think he will, they want a package of minor league pitchers and infielder mixtures uh, just to kind of prolong and build a, a decent core. They have two 20-year-old core outfielders. They're not looking for a 27-year-old outfielder. So, I mean, if you want to get into the logistics of it, that's not what the Nationals would want to do either, either way. But from the Yankees' standpoint, you're not trading the face of baseball. You're not trading someone who is in the absolute prime of his career for cheap, the fans absolutely love him, and he's a good. I don't care if the Yankees have a stacked outfield. That's just not what you do. You don't trade away guys like Aaron Judge ever. And so it was just it got the clicks, it got the articles written, and I guess that was the point of the whole point uh, of bringing it up here. But just an absolute absurd take to even like consider that that any team would kind of do this in baseball, let alone just a you know Yankees Nationals move here too. So. Plus, no, we don't even know if Scherzer's going to be available. I mean, the Nationals have won. Oh, eight. he's not. He won't be. Like they, they've came out pretty much and said it clear. Like the, the the owner has no interest in trading him. <laughs> the Nationals have won eighteen of twenty seven as well. They're in a division with, with a lot of a lot of turmoil. We'll just say there between the I mean the Mets and Phillies are playing played each other today. Let's just say those two franchises are had a rough month. <laughs> oh my goodness! And, and you know I I really don't think he's even going to be available. No. So it's a point talking about it. I mean the Nationals thirty seven and forty. As I said, they've won 18 of 27. Uh, they're eight games behind the Braves, but, I mean, the Braves are a young team, and uh, they're two and a half behind the Phillies, who they swept the last week. So, Typical uh, typical New York sports radio, but I thought we wanted to just bring it up for a little bit here uh, and get some, some oh, sane, sane comments on it. But, you know, don't worry. You'll, we'll never have to see a Aaron Judge for Max Scherzer discussion again here because there's no chance of that happening. Um. DJ Mayo got another multi-base hit game, like whatever. He does it all the time. It's nothing big, <laughs> but it's crazy. He is now batting 331 on the season, which leads all of the American League here. Hey, DJ Mayo was a batting champion in Colorado. We've talked extensively about how the Colorado changes, you know, home and away splits. He already won a batting title. We weren't expecting him to come to New York and win a batting title, but I am now because this guy just gets freaking hits all day. Can we give him, speaking of just giving long-term contracts here, can we give DJ an extension already? I know we got him for, you know, this year, next year for $24 million, but that just seems wrong that we're paying him this guy this cheap to be in this absolute stud that he's been so far this year. Yeah, coming into tonight, Steve, DJ LeMahieu has a war of exactly, or had a war of exactly three 
Gary Sanchez behind him at 2.6. And, you, you know, LeMahieu was at first base on Monday as well. So Unreal know, versatility. I mention the versatility all the time. I mentioned the fielding. He has 10 home runs already. He had a three-run shot off of Justin Verlander on Sunday. His career high is 15. It's June 24th, the yeah. day we're recording. <laughs> so he's likely going to break his career high in home runs. Uh, he's getting on base, again, entering play Monday, 37% of the time. Uh, this guy has been everything Brian Cashman would have hoped for in the Yankees brass when they signed him. And I was joking to a couple of my friends. I was like, I, I would pay DJ LeMahieu more money yeah. if I could. Yeah. What, what he has brought to this team in a lineup full of power hitters, when a runner's up in scoring position, it is almost automatic that he will get a base knock. And, you know, showing a little bit of pop, double-digit home runs already. Uh, and we're not even in July. This guy has just been, like I said, everything the Yankees wanted. And I hope he is starting in Cleveland in the All-Star game next month. And, you know, a batting champion for the New York Yankees would be absolutely unbelievable. We talked a couple episodes ago. I don't know who the last Yankee to hit 300 was. It's got to be Cano at some point because it seems like they've had nobody – since 2013 that, that has hit 300. I mean, I, I could look it up, but off the top of my head, I think he's going to be the first Yankee to hit 300 since Robinson Cano. Yeah, and, and yeah. if he hits 300, that'd be kind of disappointing at this point. Like, he's batting, you know, 330. He's got a 10-game hitting streak. Out of those 10 games, he has seven of those have multi-hit games. He had three hits tonight, three, hit, three hits on, on Sunday. You know, he's had two hits here, two hits there. The guy is just – one hit is not enough. It's, it's unbelievable. He's raised his batting average from June 14th, was at 309, and now he's at over 330. He's at 331. Like, this is this is amazing. He's continued to rake up there, up in front of the top of the lineup here. You mentioned he's playing all, all around the infield. It, it really is a game changer for the Yankees here, and he's going to be – you know, he's locked up next year too. I'm going to throw it out there. Like I, this, this makes Miguel Andujar very available if teams are interested in trade talks because then you can get DJ here. For, you got him here next year, um, and then you can kind of lock him up. He's 30 years old. He's kind of a player that is going to be playing, you know, 30 to 34, 35. Um, he seems to love it here in New York here. Give him another three, four-year deal. Give him, give him whatever money he wants at this point if he's playing like this year. So it kind of opens up the Yankees' infield a lot because a lot of decisions can be made this offseason. Uh, for a team that has a lot of players under control in the infield, it'll be uh, very interesting to to see what they what they do uh, in the years past. But for now, just let it go, baby. This is this is working out perfect for the Yankees too. And then you mentioned the All Star game. So weird type of voting this year. I didn't even realize it was changing here. But the first the first ballot's done. Now we go into the top three of each position. Ballots restart at zero. And no shock to anybody here, but the Yankees have five players that have made it into the top of their position. Aaron Judge, like we said, face of baseball at this point already in his career. He's already already up there for for the outfielder spot, even though he only played 23 games so far. But in the infield, one in every position. Luke Voigt, DJ Mayu technically has a second baseman. Glaber Torres at shortstop. And then Gio Urshela, that, that hot start here has got him up there for a third base um, all-star game performance. I don't think Gio's going to make it here. 
But the other three should definitely be in the All-Star game and probably starting for Voight, DJ, and Glaber. Yeah, and I think Judge is a pretty good shot at starting, too. True, just on popularity, yeah. Face of baseball, and I really think he is playing in New York and how he's performed his first couple seasons in the MLB. So I think, you know, Voight, LeMahieu, and... Uh, oh, and, and Gary. Or, Sorry, completely forgot Gary, too. We had a, the whole infield is up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary's a lock, and, too. And, yeah. It's crazy. And with the Yankees having the biggest fan base in all of baseball, I don't think anyone will dispute that, whether you love him or you hate him. It's a good shot. We see three or four Yankees starting in the Midsummer Classic out in Cleveland. And, you know, j- just imagine saying to somebody that. Gio or Shella top three <laughs> in the new All-Star game voting. Imagine going back to middle of July last year and telling someone that Gio or Shella and Luke Voigt would be yeah. in the top three of their All-Star game voting. And you look at the three players who are in the top three, or three of the five who were in the top three, Voight not on the team to start, you know, in the middle of last year. Urshela not on the team in the middle of last year. LeMahieu not on the team. Gary having, you know, an awful season after tearing up the MLB his first season. So a lot has changed for the Yankees in the last calendar year or so as to who's contributing on the roster. When you look at who's up in the top three for this All-Star game voting, that was something I thought of. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, that is. And um, I th- the only thing I found interesting too was that um, like the Red Sox voting wasn't great. Like Raphael Devers is having a great year at third base. Why is he not in the top three? Like uh, he wasn't really even close. Um, you know, Xander Bogarts is having a great year at shortstop, so I could see him kind of winning that spot from Glaber Torres. But you know, I want to give obviously want that Torres to be there. I think they'll both be there. Um, especially the way that he's handled shortstop with DD out, but now shifts over to second base. Um, and then, and then LeMahieu kind of just bouncing all around too. So I would like them to even have fun, just have an all Yankee infield and just start like rotating the players all around and just kind of have, you know, DJ one, one game, one inning at, at third, one inning at, at second and, and, you know, flip Torres between short and second and have some fun. Cause the versatility from these guys has been pretty great too. Um, so it's just not been the, the hitting prowess from all of them. You know, Gio Urshel has, has struggled of late, but the guy's still batting over 308 for the season here. He's still putting up some some decent numbers and had a nice home run this week too. And so he's adjusted to, to limited play um, a little bit there. So get out there and vote. It's, hey, it's an all-star game. It's for shits and giggles here. Let's just get as many Yankees out there as possible. Um, and if we haven't officially said that Luke Voigt needs to be oh, – we talked about it last week. But Luke Voigt needs to be in the home run derby here. Have some fun with it. Um, but we'll see what happens with the, mid, the midsummer classic there. But interesting new voting going on for, for baseball this year. It really is. And I, I didn't even get the voting up until last week. Yeah, I, I had no um, idea. I was like, I'm just going to keep voting I, for Yankees until something happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no clue about it. And like we said last week, definitely one void in the home run derby. And an all-Yankee infield with them just rotating positions would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, would. But maybe you mentioned the Red Sox voting. The Bruins, of course, uh, unfortunately for me. I mean, I am a Boston Bruins fan. Screw you, Sam. <laughs> the Bruins went pretty deep. And 
the Red Sox mediocre start to the season, I think was kind of covered up by the Bruins. So maybe some of the Boston fans not into the Red Sox as much in the beginning the of the season as they are yeah. now. So maybe that's why their voting numbers were down a little bit. Just a just a random thought. No, I think I think that that definitely will fit with the with the with with what what's kind of going on there. So I, I can definitely see that and we'll see if the if their numbers jump here in the in the, the second round of voting for some of the players that, that made it there. So we'll take a look at that. Um, so I mentioned it earlier, twenty seven straight games with a home run for the New York Yankees. That is tied an MLB record with the two thousand two Texas Rangers. Tuesday night they try and break that record for number twenty eight here. And that of course has led to a plethora of home runs for the home run tracker here. We are 78 games into the season. That puts the Yankees with 128 home runs through 78. That's a 600, uh, 200, 600 would be awesome. A 265 home run pace. It's two off the record from the Yankees. So they're pretty much right back on track to where they were, uh, you know, pace-wise for last year here. They're still not tops in baseball with the Twins leading that there. But the Yankees are closing ground. They are... They're doing work with the tracker. It seems like we're having 13 to 15 home runs every week here, um, and it's going to get worse. You know, August, we both said it, even with Gary Sanchez leading the team with 23 home runs, August is the month where the Yankees all of a sudden you hit four, five, six home runs in a game here and could do some, some damage on here. We do have an update for the farthest home run of the year, and that goes to Gary Sanchez with a ball that he sent to the fucking moon this week, 481 feet here. Uh, him and Luke Voigt been going back and forth with this or this home run here. Um, Stan, give him a shout out here. He's getting my home run of the week, and it happened right now on Monday night, hitting that three run shot that seemed like a meaningless three run shot here, but it helped secure the win as we saw with Jonathan Holder completely shitting his pants out there. Uh, but a very Stan esque home run, 444 feet over the Frank's red hot sign. If you know Yankee Stadium, you'll know where that is. An absolute deep shot here, first of the year. Um, the injuries really slowed him down, but finally get on the board, putting one in the home run column. So big shout out for uh, for for Stanton there, and we'll see if they can break the record uh, tomorrow for the the home run consecutive game record for the. And be sure to check out the home run tracker at hashtag nyyhrtracker. Sam, many big home runs this week. The Yankees did hit a lot, did hit a lot, but you know the wins kept coming here, and uh, it's a couple big home runs every game. So anything that popped out besides the Stanton one. Uh, I think the Austin Romine one on Saturday night. The Yankees were down five uh, four to as a result of who else? Jonathan Holder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three run home run to Astros rookie sensation Jordan Alvarez. Shout out to him. That was an impressive series. Oh yeah, I, I am all. If the Yankees and Astros play in a postseason Epic. series, I think that's pretty likely right now. I'm going to be scared shitless of facing Alvarez. Even even in his at-bats when he got out, he finished the game. He got the last out. He struck out looking against Chapman on Friday night. He was fouling off a lot of pitches on his fastball a lot. So, I mean, that kid's going to be really, really good. Uh, like I said, he's a sensation. Shout out to him. Uh, the Austin Romine home run, though, you know, the Alvarez home run was big. Put the Astros up 5-4 in the seventh inning, and then Romine steps up. You know, not a guy who has a lot of pop at all this year is Austin Romine. He's slugging 307. I mean, I mean that's among the worst on the entire Yankees squad. And he puts the Yankees right back to even with one swing. That's going to be my home run of the week. 
Yeah, no, that that was a good one, and it was kind of uh, kind of got overshadowed throughout the week here. But uh, some breaking news for us, Sam. Here, as expected, it is official. But Jonathan Holder has been optioned to AAA following tonight's game. So that we uh, nothing shocking there. Something that we all saw coming. Um, they haven't announced who's going to start on Tuesday. By the time you're listening, I'm sure we'll get there. I think Chad Green still gets the the opener start because he only threw about 14 pitches today. But uh, officially, Holder is gone. They haven't announced who's calling up here. Uh, you know, Joe Harpley, Stephen Tarpley, maybe even Chance Adam gets the call here. But another pitcher will be coming up for the Yankees in time for Tuesday's game. Um, but back to the home runs. Like I said, yeah, that's a good home run for, for Roman. Honestly, I forget when Roman hits home runs. But took advantage of the short porch there. Um, and then tonight, I also love Aaron Hicks's bat drop. The guy knows when he hits a home run, drops the bat, and it, it's smooth. It's, it's very smooth and silky when he drops it. And, and it was a big home run for the Yankees to take the lead, the initial lead, 3-2 here. Um, so the power outfield is back. I'm still waiting for uh, we're still waiting for the big game where we have you know a Stanton Judge and um, Sanchez home run here. We kind of had a few of those last year that were fun. But there's so many power hitters on this team now. We could add you know Ed Encarnacion, Torres to this to this list here. We could have. Uh, a serious home run derby for us all there. Sam, we oh, are yeah. wrapping, uh, wrapping this up. Um, we got to talk about London a little bit. The Yankees got two more versus Toronto, and then that weird series in London versus Holder Boston. Holder loses out on the trip to London. He does. Yeah, he literally took his you know, Cam Newton him off for 15 grand. And they're like, no, Jonathan Holder, you can't even sit here. You got to get going. And I don't even mean to, to, to be like this. I don't want to sound like this, but – Honestly, he faced five batters, and all of them scored when he was on the mound. A single, or excuse me, a solo shot, single, 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 home run, oh, grand slam for Freddie Galvis. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, from the yeah, that's just impressive. Like you, you could, you know, in today's day and age, you just throw the ball down the middle three times, and you hopefully get a strikeout here. So it's a, it's, it was a piece of work. He's given up thirteen earned runs in his last six games uh, on thirteen hits. So it's pretty much if you're going to that bat and you get a hit, you're scoring. So, you know, let's see what he could do down in AAA. But as you're right, he lost his trip down to, to London. Saturday and Sunday, Yankees are playing in London, Webley Stadium. Huge event for baseball. Um, so while it may kind of suck for both these teams for a little bit, I hope it doesn't screw up kind of like the, the play the Yankees have had of late. This is a huge opportunity for baseball to get out to London. Two of the biggest teams out there. Yankees will be wearing the pinstripes. Um, and it's a 10 a.m. Sunday start, too. So that's kind of – that'd be cool, you know. We'll be down. I'll be down at down at the Princeton. Wake up uh, early Sunday and throw some Yankees Red Sox on at ten a.m. I'm not gonna complain about that. Absolutely, yeah. I will be uh, up on Cape Cod, uh, so Red Sox territory. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm renting a house for a week, so Sunday ten a.m. It's it's gonna be fun. I mean, I'm really interested to see how Wembley Stadium looks for baseball. I haven't checked out any of the pictures yet. I don't know if they're working on the fields. I just know MLB has, you know, time constraints to get out of there yeah. after the series is over. It's pretty tight. But I'm excited. I wonder what the crowd is going to be like. But, I mean, sucks that they're taking two home games away from the Red Sox. I always love the Yankees-Red Sox games at Fenway. Uh, but yeah, I won't complain about that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not, I'm not upset about it, but, I mean – the hostile environment up there, you know. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely fun for it. I wonder if we're gonna see like uh, when the when the NFL goes there, it's just people show up in these like random ass jerseys. So if we're just see like random, you know, like guys showing up in like Tigers jerseys or Diamondbacks jerseys. Um, I think you. I think we will. 
Yeah. No, I think that's, that's going to be our goal is when we're watching is try and find the most obscure non-Yankees or Red Sox jersey uh, during this series here. We'll put it out there to Twitter too. So you can send me any of these random teams and random players that we find from, from London uh, out there versus this series. Any listeners going to London, I wonder, or listening overseas? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, I have a buddy that's going. I, I actually have a, a buddy, who's, one of my buddies who's a big Red Sox fan is going. Uh, that's, he's playing out there. He's going. Uh, he's leaving like uh, in a few days and going to spend like six days out there and go go to Wimbledon because uh, the tennis is starting there soon too and then uh, catch the Yankees Red Sox. So I was very jealous of his trip next like, next week. Yeah, Meredith Morakovitz, uh, Michael Kay or Paul O'Neill was saying uh, they, they brought Meredith on for, you know, her spot throughout the game. And yeah. She said she was staying out there to go to Wimbledon. So it's, that's a hell of a summer trip. That's um, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. So good, good stuff for baseball. I don't think it's I think the players will be fine. Look, it's they, they travel all the time this day and age. The Yankees will figure out the sleeping schedules for them and it won't be it's that big of a deal. Out, it's a flight in the opposite direction. Maybe. Yeah. It's like yep. flying to California. Um, and that gives them some time, too. So it's going to be a short week for the Yankees, too. So we'll have these two games here for Toronto. Uh, and then they're off Thursday, Friday, and then they're off again Monday. So by the time we record next Monday, um, we're going to be looking only at four episodes, four games. So it's going to be a quick turnaround here. Uh, we'll talk a lot about the London series um, and, and see what else they do versus Toronto here. But it's really tough to complain, and it makes these episodes really easy when they just continue to win. You know, the past two, what, episodes, they've lost like three games combined. Uh, so the Yankees just got to keep going here. So four games, Sam, you're usually the more optimistic here when I say what's the what are we looking for out of these four games, but I'm going to do it. Four games, I want to sweep. I, I want two more versus Toronto here and then get rid of Boston here. Let's get let's be 10 up, 10-plus 10 games up by the time they come back from London, uh, and then we'll be in July. How crazy would that be? I, I mean, the Red Sox, and I mentioned it in my article today, they – Took two of three from the Minnesota Twins. Had the best record of the American League by a game over the Yankees. And then they go home to Fenway and lose two of three to Toronto, who's one of the worst teams in the American League. I mean, the team just hasn't been able to find it all season. And some say on Memorial Day you are what you are. Some say on 4th of July. I'm a 4th of July guy about you kind of are what you are on that date. Yeah. Uh, it's they're, they're 43 and 37. They got a lucky walk off tonight. The run differential is pretty good. It's plus 52. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to discount the Red Sox as a threat. I mean, Mookie and JD Martinez are still having really good years. Like you said earlier, Devers is having a really good year at third base. I'm not discounting the Red Sox by no. any means. Uh, and, and we saw Toronto when they acquired David Price in 2015, how hot they got and how they made up seven games on the Yankees is Yankees in no time when the Yankees weren't even playing that bad. Um, I don't want to discount the Red Sox as a threat, but I mean, I- I'm surprised their season struggles have carried on this late. Yeah, that, this is a much, much bigger series for Boston than it is for the Yankees. Because as we said, if the Yankees do come out of there with a sweep, they're looking at 10 games up, depending on what the next few days go. You know, So a 10-game lead in at 4th of July, you know, never say never. But it also has opened up the door for teams like the the Rangers, who have played kind of better than we had expected. And they're right there for that second wild card team. The the, uh, the A's have been there, you know, the same similar as last year, but just kind of sticking around here. The Indians, who knows what they can do at the deadline here. So the Red Sox struggling opens up the AL East, not the AL East, but the AL second wild card, 
you know, a significant amount, which could affect, you know, the trades here too, especially with the Yankees looking for pitching. A team maybe like the Rangers are willing to overpay even more than the Yankees for starting pitching to get them over that hump to become that second wild card team. So it's going to be a very, very interesting month here. It's kind of as we wrap up June um, at the end of next week. We'll, we'll see where everybody is again. But huge games for, for both teams out there, but but massive for the Red Sox. Um, Absolutely. And the Yankees have their biggest division lead in four years. Uh, entering play Tuesday, they're up five on the Tampa Bay Rays. And I mentioned it in my article, Lynn. I've been talking about this a lot. But it's – the Yankees have the division right there. I mean, a five-game lead entering play on June 25th. Um, Steve, and, and I know we're several months away from the playoffs – I want no parts of a one-game do-or-die again. Oh, fuck no. Uh, I no want chance. no parts of it. So the Yankees have Put to the throat. Take, this division, yeah. take this division and run. And that starts with two against the Red Sox this week. That's what we do. We got to shut them out. We got Tanaka and Paxton will be on the mound in London, I believe. I think they, they haven't – oh, no, no. So we Tanaka and they have Paxton – going uh, Tuesday versus the Mets here. So they kind of haven't set a, a starter for that 10 a.m. Sunday game here. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. To Got to hold the Red Sox to as few runs as possible, and we'll see what happens. It, 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 you know, Another strong week for the Yankees. Two big games always versus the Red Sox coming up here. Out to London. Just get back from London healthy. It's, you know We don't need you know somebody, you know their legs swelled up on the, the six-hour flight, and now they have to go on the IL. So none of that shit here. Just go to London. Play two games, come back here, and get going here. So, what are your final thoughts going into the into the week? Like you said, Steve, I, I want to sweep and I want to be ten games up on the Red Sox, and I want to be off and running with this division because, like I said, no parts of a one game playoff in the Bronx again. No parts. No parts. All right, that's what we'll do. We'll wrap it up here for this episode of podcasting in pinstripes. Be sure to check out Gotham SN for any and all updates on New York sports. And be sure you follow Gotham SN on Twitter. The uh, The Twitter game has really stepped it up here for all of us at Gotham. And we're making a strong effort there to uh, to have a stronger Twitter game there. So make sure you follow that. As always, follow myself at AngelSteve89 and follow Sam at the real underscore Sam Mars. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next weekend. Sam, talk to you later. Toodles. Happy 4th.